Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center. Family-owned and operated. A no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere. And always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. And Jason Beatty now joins us of the Orlando Sentinel. Jason, we got our first chance to hear from Coach Williams yesterday. Just kind of your thoughts on covering him the last two years in Orlando for UCF. Well, I'm sure you noticed just from his first press comments in Arkansas that you know Travis Williams is a really high energy guy. Um, you know, he, he's a type of person that you know when you talk with him and maybe you're in a bad mood or you're feeling down. He's going to make you smile, and just his personality alone, who he is as a as a coach and as a father, family is really important to him. Um, you know, he, he's a really really good person, and I enjoyed covering him the last couple seasons at UCF. What gives you belief that Travis Williams can have success at the SEC level coaching defense at Arkansas? Yeah, well, I think one thing is obviously he has he had success previously coaching linebackers at the SEC level at Auburn. Obviously he wasn't calling plays when he was at Auburn under Gus Malzahn previously, but um, obviously Gus felt confident enough to bring him to Orlando and make him his defensive play caller. And, and now Sam Pittman feels confident as well. I think uh, his track record coaching linebackers at Auburn and uh, what he did at UCF the last couple of years, I understand the AAC isn't necessarily the SEC, but um, you know, when you look at his whole body of work and some of the teams UCF played these last two seasons and kind of what they did against Florida and the Gasparilla Bowl uh, last year, uh, I think it's it's easy to see why Sam Pittman felt confident about hiring Travis Williams. So, Jason, tell us what kind of recruiter you've witnessed him being at, at UCF. What, what kind of recruiter is Arkansas getting in their defensive coordinator? A really aggressive one. I think kids want to play for Travis Williams. Uh, he, he, he's going to recruit the crap out of you. And I think just because of his high energy, like I mentioned, you know, when he's talking to us in the media, it, he's just like that, you know, behind the scenes. Uh, kids want to play for Travis Williams. And you can see his first year recruiting at UCF, uh, some of the kids that they were going after, they were recruiting at a different level that UCF hadn't previously. Now, some of that had to do with hiring a coach, a national known coach like Gus Malzahn, but. I think a lot of people who maybe didn't know T. Will before uh, in the Orlando area and whatnot, you know, they, they went hard on local recruiting and recruiting the state of Orlando, as they like to call it. And 
they landed some top prospects, you know, this, this class and last year. And, um, he, he's a great recruiter. He's going to recruit, uh, you know, really, really well and, and make a push for top kids. I mean, he's not afraid, uh, you know, to be told no or, or go after anyone or, um, he's going to make his pitch to kids and his high energy, I think is something that a lot of kids like. And like I said before, kids want to play for Travis Williams. And I think it's pretty easy to see why. And you, you may or may not know, but what, do you know what his recruiting territory was and what geographic area he focused on in his, in his recruiting? I don't know specifically uh, the geographic area, but I do know you know the way they worked under Gaston Zahn at UCF was in, in specifically recruiting Orlando. Um, each coach on the staff had about 10 to 15 high schools in the area. Um, in addition to, you know, Georgia and Texas and other elsewhere in the state of Florida, mm-hmm. you know, like a normal coaching staff, you know, they divide the, you know, regions of the country up. Um, they divided the state of Orlando local recruiting, uh, you know, quite a bit because that was a really important thing. I mean, um, before Gus Malzahn came in, that was something Josh Heupel and his staff struggled with making those local connections. So I can tell you that Travis Williams definitely has ties to the central Florida area and the area of Florida. And as you guys know, Florida high school football is, is different down here and it's uh, a really talented hotbed. I'm sure he's going to take advantage of the ties he has in the area to recruit at Arkansas. Talking with Jason Beattie right now. He covers UCF for the Orlando Sentinel. So you're talking about recruiting, Jason. Anyone that he plans or that you think he might take with him and sign with Arkansas? Yeah, you know, from the high school level, um, he had an a interesting pair of brothers. I, Andrew and Michael Harris, four-star twin brothers from Lake Brantley, local here, didn't play high school far from UCF. Uh, they committed UCF over the summer, and uh, maybe later, a day after he announced that he was going to Arkansas, or the news broke that he was going to Arkansas, they decommitted from UCF. I've heard some things. You know, Michigan State and Maryland were involved in their recruitment, and ultimately they decided to play for UCF, and now they're uh, no longer planning on doing that. But it's going to be interesting to see if Travis Williams continues to recruit the Arkansas. And then another one that's interesting, not necessarily at the high school level, but in the transfer portal, uh, Antonio Greer, uh, an All-American, an All-Conference player, uh, All-American Conference player out of USF the last couple of seasons at linebacker, you know, he, he had told a couple media outlets, basically, Travis Williams was the big reason he wanted to spend his final year of eligibility uh, at UCF. So he had spent the last few years at USF, and he was an all-conference player there. So, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. I don't know the linebacker situation at Arkansas, obviously, but at UCF, he's a big need. So it's going to be interesting to see if the Knights can hold on to Antonio Greer or, or he's going to follow Travis Williams to Arkansas. Well, Jason, they lost an All-American in Drew Sanders, and they lost an elder statesman in Bumper Pool, so they'll take uh, everything they can get. It sounds like Arkansas might have a chance at a, at a couple uh, freshmen, like you're saying, and then maybe a transfer as well. Is that going to be his best position because he played it and because he knows it the best that you think he can get of any position group to campus as linebacker? Yeah, I think so. You know, I was reading yesterday after the, after the introduction of press conference you know, with Pittman and T-Will, uh, basically they don't know what he's going to do exactly. They're going to figure that out after the bowl game, and I know he's going to be around the team and whatnot and maybe helping some, helping with some things. He's obviously not calling the defense for Arkansas' bowl game, but, um, you know, I'm sure once they, after the bowl game and heading into the spring ball, um, you know, Travis Williams did coach the linebackers at UCF. I know some defensive coordinators, once they become defensive coordinators, kind of, you know, like the 
almost walk around the entire field and have a say in everything. But if I had to guess, Tebow's going to want to coach linebackers. And obviously you mentioned that he played in the SEC, he played at a high level. And that is his position. And uh, I think UCF, you can look at you know some of the guys under him who played under him, uh, some of his track records, someone like Tatum Bethune who transferred to FSU last year after a year under T. Will, um, you know, some other guys in the system. He, he obviously knows uh, what it takes to be a high-caliber linebacker, and that, that's definitely his top position for sure. Are there any assistant coaches he's been working with that are feared to, uh, at least from the UCF perspective, feared to be going to Fayetteville? Who might leave that staff might be a better way of phrasing it and join Coach Williams in Fayetteville on his defensive staff? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I think um, you, know, you look at the graduate assistants and whatnot, a couple of them already left for some different jobs. I would say the only name, obviously, uh, if you guys aren't aware, you know, Kenny Martin, the defensive tackles, I'm, I think, you know, may, maybe might be interested in an opportunity. I don't know what Arkansas needs position-wise. I know they only lost, the thing about Arkansas is they only lost a defensive coordinator, of course. You know, that doesn't mean they can't make additional staff changes, but um, it's not yeah. like yes, but bringing his entire defensive staff with him if it was a fresh head coach. So I, I honestly, you know, I mentioned Kenny Martin only because I know that they're close, but I, truthfully, I haven't heard anything uh, concerning for UCF fans, that is, or maybe exciting for Arkansas fans about who he may or may not bring with him. Uh, you know, UCF promoted internally to replace him. Addison Williams was the cornerbacks coach and assistant head coach, and uh, he spent a year with Gus Malzahn at Auburn in 2019. He, he got promoted to replace T. Wheeler. It was 24 hours after news broke of him going to Arkansas. So, um, you know, Addison staying put. I mentioned Kenny Martin, but truthfully, I wouldn't expect anyone to follow Travis Williams. Uh, but that could change really quickly, of course, as you guys know. He mentioned his three daughters and his family, and you mentioned earlier the family was important to him. His girls were excited about maybe seeing snow in Arkansas after <laughs> being in Florida. What what kind of man is coming here? What what will when fans get a chance to engage and um, you know watch mu- something more than just a video of a press conference? What what will they experience with Travis Williams? Oh yeah, he, he is the ultimate guy. I mean, he's a family man, a football guy. Uh, you know, it, life and family is really important to him. I mean, we would talk with him. Uh, every week on Sunday nights, and uh, you know he would even after wins and losses, he'd say, "When I come home and enter that door, I have to make it seem to my daughters like we won the Super Bowl because they're you know they're young daughters. I don't, I don't know their exact age, but they're you know young kids, so they aren't following UCF football and whatnot. They don't you know they're not stressing about the game the way maybe his wife is or other <laughs> family members or friends. Uh, so when he walks in that front door, I know he. Did a really good job of separating his job and his personal life, and uh, just always, always happy. And even around fans, I think you know fans are really engaged with him, and uh, that's just because of who he is. I mean, he's a really great person, and I think Arkansas fans are going to love Travis Williams. Well, I think he said they were eleven, seven, and four yesterday, and and you may not know our forecast, but like the end of this week, wind chills are supposed to be in the sub-teens, below zero here, which is very unusual. So I hope that's not their first impression or time to Arkansas is when <laughs> they get greeted with uh, wind chill factors of about minus 10 in Fayetteville. Yeah, a little different from Central Florida living. <laughs> yeah. They're going to be saying, Dad, take us back to Disney World. Exactly. <laughs> so, Jason, as we wrap you up here, you spoke to kind of the family aspect. You've covered him for two years. You probably talked to some Auburn people before he arrived. I've seen his uh, his his beat video when he was at Auburn. Give me something off the wall that you learned about Travis Williams that 
maybe uh, we, we can't just read about. Give me something off the wall about him. Yeah, you mentioned, uh, you know, he, he really connects with players in that video of him. And, um, yeah, you know, it's it's kind of on the spot right here. But I, I don't know. I just feel like he was really – he just had a great way of connecting with players. Like, he was a true player. He is a true – not was. He is a true, a true player's coach. And, um, you know, they did a – you know, a dancing video, UCF, maybe sometime in the last couple of months. And, uh, you know, you can just tell that, like I said before, players want to play for him. And whether it's rapping or singing or dancing, he, he really is a player himself. And, uh, you know, of course, he wants to keep kids accountable and understand that he's a coach and a defensive coordinator now. But uh, he's just a really energetic guy. And uh, he's got some nice dance moves. And, and you know, <laughs> he's a fun guy to be around. Jason, we'll leave it there. We'll really appreciate it. Jason Beatty, who covers UCF for the Orlando Sentinel, kind enough to join us this morning prior to national, early national signing period coming up these next couple of days. Jason, we appreciate it, man. Have a good rest of your week. Hey, you too, guys. Merry Christmas. Interesting stuff there and a little more insight on Arkansas's new defensive coordinator. We appreciate Jason Beatty joining us this morning. We're brought to you by World of Wireless. 877-305-DISH is the number to call. Wow, now just in time for the holidays. All of the bowl games, all the holiday movies we'll be watching. Do you have it in high def in every room? Do you have the ability to set your DVR, even if you're out looking at Christmas lights or you're out finishing up shopping? Do you have the ability to watch TV on the go or you're not going to make it back in time to watch the game? All of those things are included with World of Wireless. And right now they got a three-year price lock. It's not a three-year commitment for you, but they'll commit to you for three years with the same great low price. 877-305-DISH. And also, World of Wireless is your local premier dish dealer. If you've gotten an offer in the mail, even from another dish dealer, uh, bring it to World of Wireless or call them. They can usually match or beat whatever offer you may have in hand. 877-305-DISH for WOW World of Wireless. Talk to Danny, who's in Russellville, who's been waiting on the line. Danny, good morning. Good morning, guys. Uh, we've lost 18 uh, in the transfer portal and three in the recruiting class. Uh, you know, the NIL and uh, transfer, when, when you think about Eric Mulsman and when he loses the transfer, he can say, go right ahead, I'll get somebody much better than you, which he normally does. It's just hard to do with the numbers in football to replace that many players, but Hey, that's the world we live in. Uh, you're talking to this defensive coordinator. I hope he does. He said he wanted to get after the other team. I hope he does because we played last year one and a half games where we tried to win. That was second half against Liberty and entire game against LSU. <clears throat> the rest of the games, we were trying not to lose. And that's Arkansas cannot play that way. You know, we were very aggressive against LSU and Liberty that second half, and that's the way I'd like to see us play the rest of the rest of the time. That's the way we need to play, and I hope he takes that philosophy. And uh, anyway, guys, I hope we we do good in recruiting and uh, win a bowl game and get a little momentum going. But anyway, you guys have a good day and go Hawks. Danny, appreciate the call. I hope that they win this bowl game, too. I'm not entirely confident that they're going to beat Kansas in the Liberty Bowl line right now on Bet Harrison's two and a half. 
Arkansas has several issues that I think some people at home hold in higher esteem than just winning this bowl game. The players that you mentioned that have decommitted now three, they've got guys that have hit the transfer portal nearly 20 and then there's the coaching staff changes that we're just talking about with Travis Williams and Morgan Turner that at least have been solidified to this point. But that doesn't mean, Tommy, that we're not going to see an entirely new defensive staff pretty soon. No, and um, based on just, I mean, trying to read the tea leaves, and I, we may end up being wrong in, in having to eat these words, but just listening to Sam Pittman Friday, and then again yesterday when Travis Williams was asked about where he would be coaching, uh, really one staff Sam Pittman wanted to directly answer that question. I get the feeling that uh, there's going to be at least one or two changes. I'll be surprised if Michael Scherer's uh, still here. I think they'd love to, to keep all these guys, but I just I, th- I think there's there's inevitable changes, and I think it's difficult in today's time to ask a coordinator on either side of the ball to come in and, and not bring any staff at all with him. Mm-hmm. That, that just, it doesn't even happen in the high school ranks anymore where a new coach comes in and doesn't change staff, so... Uh, the idea that the staff's going to stay intact and you're just going to plug in Travis Williams, uh, that seems far-fetched to me. Now, William and Jonesboro is kind of on the other end. Initially, he was pretty worried, but now he thinks it's going to be okay. Now, at least from a track record standpoint, Morgan Turner has a illustrious list of guys that he's coached at Stanford that are now playing the National Football League like that. Travis Williams has the SEC linebacker pedigree. He has the connections within. And we just heard from Jason Beatty, who if you missed it, you can find it in our Bud Light Morning Rush podcast, that he might bring some guys in, or at least there's possibility of bringing uh, three linebackers in, two freshmen, and then transfer from USF. So something to keep an eye on when it comes to that. And I don't know what's going to shake out in these next couple of days. I do know the transfer portal is open till January the 18th. It's a little different from when you're signing high school kids, which you'll do Wednesday through Friday. And then after that, it'll be different. Something we'll talk with Richard about on Thursday. So they need some good things to go their way because as of late, it's been just bad news. But Chuck said it best either last week or earlier this week. The bad news usually comes first with the transfer portal because everyone's leaving. And then you kind of round it up on the back end and... Hopefully, there's more positives and negatives when you weigh the situation. Oh yeah, you got to wait till. I mean, that's like deciding a football game in the first quarter. You know, sometimes you do come to the conclusion, and you're right. But oftentimes, if you try to, you know, how, how many times you put some on Twitter about the way to a direction a game was going, and then you end up eating those words. So I mean, kind of like that. Don't get too quick to to make declarations about what's going on here. And it it may not meet expectations when it's all said and done. But it's not all said and done yet. Yeah, we were talking about, Jason asked us what Arkansas is losing at linebacker. You know you lose Bumper Pool, and you know you lose Drew Sanders, who will likely be a first-round pick in this upcoming NFL draft. Hogfins was asking, hey, does Drew Sanders' accolades and the stories that he kind of had this year, does that help out Arkansas in the transfer portal? I don't think it hurts. I don't think it's necessarily something you point to if you're Sam Pittman and Travis Williams and be like, this happened this. Drew's an outstanding player, and he did come over from Alabama where he wasn't going to get to play that much, and he found an opportunity at Arkansas. There are some positions on this roster right now that are up for grabs. I think Christopher Pupal is going to be a starting linebacker to let next year unless something changes. You'll, of course, Bo Limmer moving over to centers, what that looks like. He'll do that in the bowl game in the next year. No KJ is going to be your quarterback. But there's not a lot of position groups where you look at next season and you're like, man, that is locked up. And what is still, I know we're talking about NIL, but 
Still the most important thing, it's PT. It's playing time. And that's what you can still push. Now, you need to have some NIL and money backing, mm. but that's still going to be a big thing next year. You say it's the most important. Is it anymore? I, I begin, Because I think that's the way we've grown up. Most way we, well, play, you got playing time to offer. you got starting spots to offer. Is that still the I most still important it, thing? I still think it narrowly edges out that. NIL. Do you not I think hope so you're right. No, I I think the money matters more than anything else with a lot of guys. Well, with that's most guys. sad. The state of college football well, and I mean, college we, sports. We beg in. for it. These guys should be be allowed to make money on their name. They should. You know, everybody pounded the table for NIL, and we got the cart in front of the horse. And I'm, I didn't mean to get off on a pulpit here and in a soapbox, but this is what happens when we put something in place without a proper process. And now, you know, the toothpaste is way out of the tube and. You know, college football is going to have a reckoning on this at some point. College sports Emmer, in general. I mean, Emmer just basically was like, I'm retiring in July or whatever. I think the other guy actually is going to take over in March. Y'all deal with but, it. But you can't put all this at the feet of Emmer. I mean, he didn't pass all this legislation. He didn't do all this himself. Was he the head of the NCAA? Yes, but that's like being, you know, you know, that's like being the president of the United States in some ways. You have some control, but not total control. And they're, the, the, the governing body of the NCAA has got to get some of this under control. But I don't know how you do it at this point. I think, you know, it's, it's way too far gone to, to rein it all back in. I don't. This is not what it was intended to be. But it's, what it's, it's turned into buying players openly, openly buying players. That's what it's turned into. I don't think Arkansas fans would be frustrated about it if you're winning. And you're, I think you're using it to your success in basketball and you're using it to your success in baseball. And that's because those sports are way better off than your football program like right now. They just are. They're ahead. It's easier to turn. Uh, it's a lot easier to turn to basketball because it only takes about one or two guys. Baseball takes a little bit more, but that program is so far ahead of so many others, even in the SEC, that it's going to take a lot to really change the dynamics of what they have at Baum Walker Stadium. Your football program's not. You're, you have a mid-tier football program in the SEC, and I don't know what that equates to in college football, but you're not a top-tier program. And I don't know how you get to that point with the NIL that's never going to be top three in the SEC, much less top five, top ten in college football. I don't know the way to get to the top where you're actually competing for an SEC championship and national title. There's no easy answer here. Basketball is back, and Bet Online is your number one source. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B L E A V. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. What is your favorite board game? Of all the ones, you pay. I guess you want to lump a card game in there too. I'd take that. That would be acceptable. Uh, board game Monopoly. Okay, we played a lot of board games as kids. You didn't have all these video games and things you have now. You didn't play anything electronically like that. We were just getting video games. We had Atari, but Nintendo came around when I was a kid. Uh, so that would probably be my favorite board game. Card game. 
when my with my grandmother and my great aunt, I've played a million hands of skip bow. So I, I'd go with that because that was kind of the family card game as a kid. Card game would probably be Egyptian Rat Slap. It's called other things. That's the one that I like to play. You said Monopoly. There's this new game that my dad is actually kind of addicted to, which is funny because all he could ever say was bad things about it prior to playing it. It's called Secret Hitler. Have you ever played that game? Mm, never even heard of it. It is a really entertaining game. We played it last Christmas with our, our family you you pose, you get these cards, and you're either an ally or you're a Nazi or whatever, and you have to try and convince the other people that you're one or the other, and then you have to, you go basically down this, I don't know, vault or whatever, and you keep playing turns until you get to the end, and if Hitler's still alive, then they win. If the other team defeats him, they win. It's really fun. It's huh. about, you have to be cunning, lying, and a lot of other well, stuff, right but it's, alley, it's entertaining. I think you and you and the kids would have a, a lot of different fun on that. Oh, it's a good time. Right up my alley. Yeah, that'd be right up your alley. Call me a liar? <laughs> Jeez Louise. Mm. What other... Uh, good grief. Uno? I don't know how to recover what? from that. No, I don't know. I, I, I was just seeing what your instincts were there. How quick you were hurtful. on your feet. I didn't know we were getting personal this morning. Well, Seven seventeen. Take Jeez. a joke. What other card game? I mean, now we play a game called uh, Ooh, mouse when, traps when, a good one. when the guys get their scat. You're trying to get to 31. That's fun. Hand and foot. You ever played hand and foot? That's my grandmother's favorite game. And I think some people call it canasta. Uh, That's the other thing. Enough. These card games yeah. and these games have different names. So some people have known it their entire lives by something else. Kind of like cornhole or bags. People call it different things, even though it's the same game. Bago. B-E, yeah. text in Mousetrap. Did you ever play Mousetrap? I was a, heard of it. That was a lot of fun. So you've got this whole setup, and it like opens up, and it's kind of like Monopoly where you roll a dice, and you get to a certain point. And the idea is that you trap, I think it's cheese or something, at the end of the game. It's a lot of fun. Hmm. That was something I played growing up as a kid. That's a good one, B-E. Yeah. I just don't, we just don't play board games anymore i guess i both what time i play board games is with family well no one plays cards unless it's on their phone anymore you play solitaire you play you know play blackjack or whatever poker Mm -hmm. you know it's all on your it's all in your phone anymore everything's electronic cards and games that that, it's good social i mean we do we don't play enough of it we have several of the of the board games we'll We'll play. We had the Razorback Monopoly. Then the problem with Monopoly is then you lose about three or four of the pieces, and then the the game's rendered useless at that mm-hmm. point. Well, I was going to ask. Do you I like got, Razorback Monopoly? Do you guys like we're twenty about twenty years apart? When you guys have like people over or something like that, and the kids are upstairs or downstairs or whatever, is that something you guys do with your friends? We played a card game three weeks ago. I'm forgetting the name. But that's something I only do that in social settings slash with my family. And it's very rare in social settings because we do other stuff. What other stuff do you do? We're not just what just take just do? take the question. No, I got, well, I'm, I mean, you know, I got I'm I'm inquisitive now. I'm I'm curious. Drinking games and stuff like that. <laughs> just continue continue with the question I posed to you. Is that something you'll do? Drinking games. You wouldn't know how to play because you're middle aged and it's kind of surpassed you. Well, at least I'm That's not okay. old. At least I'm I didn't old. say you're old. I, I've I've stricken. <laughs> I've improved. That's middle been age. stricken from my vocabulary. 
You're middle aged, which is not a that's not a disc. <laughs> but do y'all do that? Is that something you guys do? Oh, I think the older over? you get, yeah, send the kid. You know, when you get to to the age I'm at, you get kids. You look for for other families and couples that have kids of similar age. The kids can get out of your hair. You know, and the adults can play cards and you know. <laughs> I socialize. Never, Talk to someone that's over the age of 10. Yeah. Yes. I never understood why my dad would spend 30 minutes in the bathroom. And then I stayed with my <laughs> brother-in-law and stepsister who have two, I guess I have two nephews and a niece. And it was nonstop for a day. And now I understand why. Mm-hmm. Peace, quiet, and serenity. That's much needed so as One a place that maybe someone won't, won't, maybe, maybe <laughs> they won't bother you there. All right, that's your Red River Dodge Morning Rush Daily Question. What's your favorite board games? What is it, National Games Day? National Games Day, National Games Day. Brought to you by Red River Dodge in Heber Springs, Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. Log on at redriverdodge.com. Let's talk with Ryan, who is in Hot Springs this morning. Ryan, go ahead, man. You're on the Morning Rush. Hey, good morning, guys. I was going to share. uh, So my board game is Sorry. That's a uh, good one. My board game is uh, Uno and... Y'all were talking about Pippen being a, a, a people person. You just ha- about have to be a people person to go on Hamilton Deed and uh, set foot on that lake. Is uh, if it wasn't for all the big fish, I catch them in summer because most time I'm trying to fish, I'm ready to start cussing folks yeah. out. It gets pretty awful. But I also do see the draw there because you've got you got Trejos on the lake, you've got Fisherman's Wharf, you've also got Bubba's Brew, Bubba's and Brew, you also yeah. got. You've also got uh, Domino's that uh, that's right down. Uh, now, what's the other pizza? Uh, Sam's. In the, it's Sam's uh, Pizza. You can go by boat too, but you got to know your way back in there. Yeah, that's a uh, Dude, that's good pizza too. I had there's that also, last time I was on Hamilton. Go ahead. Also, up in the river, going back towards the dam, they just last summer they've also put some food trucks uh, that you'll have access to as well. Have you ever? That, that's back up. Have you ever jumped the in the, near the dam? Have you either mm-hmm. of you, Ryan? Have you I ever know jumped? it's cold. I know it's cold coming done, off that spillway. I've right done there. it once. It is not something I anticipate like getting in doing the White again. River. Yeah. Well, so I had to one day the uh, like my boat wasn't. It didn't get off. It was on the trailer wonky, so I had to bail off in there, and it, it was very cold. And I and when I say the dam, I'm talking uh, Blakely, not uh, not Carpenter, yeah. uh, for the food trucks going back towards the dam. I'm talking about going to, back towards Blakely, not uh, Carpenter. What else on your mind this morning, Ryan? Oh, that's, uh, I'm just excited about uh, this new staff, and I'm ready to see what they can do. Uh, I'm not one of the fans that's like the sky is falling. Uh, I, uh, I'm pretty excited, too. We're pretty impressed that uh, the tight ends coach actually um, actually uh, called Sam first, is my understanding. Is that correct? Yes. He reached out. We were playing that, in fact, a little bit ago that – uh, his uncle had texted him, hey, the, the tight ends job's opening. Of course, things at Stanford were changing. He had to go through two or three people to get Sam Pittman's number texted. And, man, the the resume of, of the players he's put in the league speaks for itself. Right. I, I'm pretty excited about it. Um, I'm not knocking Dale, but I think this might be a little bit of a, uh upgrade. And I, like I said, I'm not saying he did a bad job, but um, he also had, I don't think his experience is, you know, tight end as, as much as this guy. Um, not saying he can't be a good one, but uh, but I, like I said I am pretty excited about it, and I like uh, I like to fire this uh, new defensive coordinator. I saw his video where he was, uh, I guess you'd call it rapping, uh, and you tell the kids got fired up. So that's uh, makes me think the kids are going to play for him. So I'm, I'm excited about that, and 
my thoughts, and I hope you all have a great day, and go Hogs. Ryan, appreciate the call. Yeah, the, Merry Christmas, Ryan. The video that he's talking about is when he was at Auburn, and uh, Coach Malzahn brings Coach Williams up, and it was, it was pretty good, and he did a pretty stinking good job, and a lot better than me and Tommy can do when it comes to putting a beat together. So hopefully they have some guys that he recruits and brings in that uh, seem to have that connection that those Auburn players did and the Man, UCF guys. Underestimating did. my ability to, uh, what would you say, put down a beat? You want to do one right now yeah. on the spot? Uh, well, we got Bruce Stanton on the line. That's, I, if that's I had the more, only if I had more time would I uh, would I get off into doing a little rapping this morning. Bruce could probably do a little 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 beat for us, a little rap, couldn't you? Did he hang up? <laughs> He's intelligently acting like he didn't hear what Tommy just asked. Very intelligent on Bruce's part. Yeah, well played. I'm sitting here watching my son on his 25th birthday. Tommy's the second trout that he's caught on a lower mountain fork since I'm sitting in the truck, and he's just laughing at me because yeah, I'm talking to y'all, and he's out there catching trout on a rebel track now. Mm. Yeah. Where, where'd you say you were at? We're at the lower mountain fork at Broken Bow. Oh. Uh, right below Broken Bow Dam, there's about uh, 11 miles uh continuous flow. Uh, they got one of those little pipes below the dam, and uh, it's a really nice trout trout fishery about two hours south of Fort Smith. Yeah, I know several people have been down there. Well, happy birthday to him and Merry Christmas to you. Glad you had some time for us this morning, uh, man. We've been talking about all the just this stuff, and I, you're like me. You're you're one of the one of the guys a little gray around the temple, been around a little while. And how does this? <laughs> as we read more and more, and we're seeing the numbers, and we're watching this portal, and we're understanding the reality of. You know what? What the schools and what a guy like Sam Pittman's having to do financially. How, how's that setting with you? How, how's that feel? You know, sitting on your stomach this morning. It, it just feels wrong. You know, like you said, I'm a gray hair like you, and we've been around and covered a lot and seen a lot. It just uh, as a fan, you know, we're sitting here at ball season, and a lot of our best players on our favorite teams aren't available. They're entering the portal, uh, losing coaches, and just trying to figure it all out and get excited. I mean, you know, you're, you're trying to figure out if you hadn't bought bowl tickets, you're trying to figure out, is it worth it? Cause some of my favorite players aren't even going to be Razorbacks or playing for the team. So it just, I don't know. I guess it's the way it's going to be, uh, with NIL and, uh, the, the ability for players to move around, um, uh, I guess it shouldn't be too big a surprise. We've seen coaches do it for years, keep moving up the ladder. I guess uh, players are going to do it the same way now. But I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. I'm not saying it's wrong or it's bad, but it just it doesn't feel right as a fan. So Bijan Robinson has opted out. I can't remember where Texas is playing. It might be the Alamo Bowl, but he's going to be there on the sideline supporting his teammates. What do you guys think about that? You want the players who opt out? to be there on the sidelines or do you want them to just kind of move on? And... Tells me they got a good swag bag there. <laughs> what tells it doesn't me? feel right either. I, I, I don't know. You're either, I, in or you're, out. you're either in or you're out with me, Bruce. You, you are, you know, the Matt Corral deal. I think every time a good player says, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm all about my team. I'm going to play for my team. And their agent says, let me show you something. And he hits play. And so is a Matt Corral blowing his knee out, and oh yeah, yeah, I don't want that to happen to me. And unfortunately, I think that's just what's going to happen. If you, the 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 twelve team playoff will help 
but if you're not in a playoff situation, you're probably not going to play if you're NFL uh, worthy. And that, I think that's just uh, that's where we are. That's the reality of it. And it stinks. Uh, you know, I'm a Tennessee fan. Jalen Hyatt. Yeah. He's not going to play. Blitnikoff Award winner, our best player, is not going to play in the Orange Bowl. And it just, you know, I can't blame him, but it just yeah. doesn't feel right. Do we, th- do we think any less of Traylon Burks because he didn't play in the Tampa Bowl last year? Or what, what, what was it yeah, called? But it, Sorry, the Outback, Outback Bowl. Outback Bowl. But, but it, yeah, but that's Jeez. not the Orange Bowl. That's not the, you know, na, you know the National Semifinals haven't been, haven't gone through that. That's not the Rose Bowl. That's not the, the Fiesta. The, these so is long-term the, Herald. I think the level of the bowl yeah. has to have something to do with it, Bruce. And um, I don't know. I, I don't know where we weigh this and where, where you draw the line. I mean, I remember when Sean Andrews opted out of the – opting out wasn't even a term. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. He had nasal polyps. <laughs> well, yeah, right. Uh, you know, but we knew what was going on. I'll say this. I don't like anything about Alabama, but their best players are playing in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. Going to what you just said, Tommy. I mean, Sugar Bowl, if you're in the SEC, Sugar Bowl's always meant something. Our champion yep. has always gone to the Sugar Bowl, alumni, boosters, fans, team going to New Orleans. It's just a special time, a special experience. And, uh, you know, I, I really, I'm glad Bryce Young and those guys are playing. That, 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 that means something. And, uh, I think that means a lot to their fan base. You know, and again, you know, you look at Tennessee making an Orange Bowl, that's a big deal. And a lot of our best players just, uh, are not going to play. And it just, I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. Well, you know, it doesn't feel right. And, and if you're on the bowl committee and you're worried about selling tickets or your ESPN or whoever has the rights to that bowl in the future, you're worried about ratings. I mean, I see a day and time coming where either the bowl committee, the TV networks, somehow the money gets filtered and funneled back to the player to ensure their participation. Um, yeah, hey, we got a, you know, in your swag bag is a $100,000 check and probably take more than that in today's times to get them to play because uh, they need them to, to, to make the game more interesting. Yeah. And that I don't, don't feel right to me. But I think that's where that seems to be like uh, you're going to have to do something to get these guys to, to want to play. Well, and again, we, we probably got 10, 12, 15, too many bowls. You know, there was a game on the other night at Frisco, Texas, with University of North Texas, which is not even a half hour up the road in Denton. And uh, they're playing Boise State. And, Man, there wasn't 10,000 people on the stands. I mean, it was terrible. Yeah. It's like, if you're not going to go to that, you know, why Why are we even doing this? Well, it used to be about tourism, but you mentioned the light crowd. Some of these bowls are that. A lot of them are owned. The, the actual bowl is owned by ESPN, so it's about them creating programming and, uh, you know, in a, in a nice rounded-out ad package for their sponsors in December. So there's a lot of things at play there, but you're exactly right. I always said I didn't care how many bowls there were because, you know, of two schools we didn't care about, wanted to go play each other in New Orleans a week before Christmas or whatever, fine. You know, they had two games at the at the Sugar Bowl about tourism. I'm not sure how much it's about tourism anymore. I think we should do ESPN Arkansas Clay Henry Trout Bowl, just hold it up at <laughs> Cotter, you know, Mountain Home Bomber Stadium. And yeah. It'll be a hundred people there. We'll all go fishing. As long as we don't do it this weekend when it's about minus four no. degrees, you know. No, no, that wouldn't be good. Yeah. So, all right, let's talk some college basketball. Um, Arkansas has got one more non-conference game uh, with UNC Asheville this uh, tomorrow night. 
uh, before they open conference play. Kind of your your thoughts. Where, where is this league at? A lot of people that have watched Arkansas that you know that are here, and some from afar think Arkansas is the best team in the league. I know you watched Tennessee closely. Cal and Kentucky, you know, stumbled over the weekend. Who is the best team headed into conference play? Oh, say what you just well, said. What the Cal stumbled I, over the weekend? Yeah, one more time. Kentucky Cal, lost Cal, this okay, week. There, right. just, that sounds nice. This is not go the ahead. last time they're going to lose. Go ahead, Bruce. Who's, who's the best team right I, now in the league? I, I mean, I, I just have to say, if, if you line them up by what they've done, and I don't like saying this, but I, I, I have to say Alabama. I mean, they've beaten two number ones. Yep. Mm-hmm. They've beaten North Carolina. They won at Houston, which, man, Hawkeyes or whatever they call it now, that's, that's a tough place to play. Kelvin Sanders is doing a great job there, uh, and they play Gonzaga, got them to come to Birmingham, and I don't know if you got to see that game, but man, that was that was an awesome sight. They had the arena looking great, big crowd there, and uh, but Alabama just you know Oates, he I kind of wondered what would happen when he ran through his first cycle of players, and and they look good. Uh, so who's the better you, team, Alabama basketball or Alabama football? Well, I mean, I I still think you have to say Alabama football. I, I think Alabama basketball. I don't know. I don't know if coaches are like in fear of Alabama basketball. Okay, let me ref- let me rephrase, Your Honor. Who's going to have the better season when it's all said and done? Alabama basketball Alabama or Alabama football? I, Alabama football. Okay. I, I mean, I think if there's a Final Four team in the SEC, it's Arkansas. I think they're built for it, and and I think the urgency is this team. Especially with with three five stars, that they, they got to get it done. You know, this is a one shot deal, and uh, for this team at this time, you know, the, this team is going to look totally different again next year. One so, shot deal. Are you they, talking about Kentucky? They, or are you talking about Arkansas? They, you like know, something we're, you'd say we're about Kentucky. About, we're talking about the new era of Arkansas basketball. <laughs> You're right. I think, you know, when you look at our, when you look at Kentucky, Oscar Seaboy, I mean, he's come back again, and 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 they're not putting the pieces around him like Musselman's doing. I, I just I think Musselman's kind of surpassed. I don't know. If, I don't know if uh, Coach Cal knows how to tweet or knows what TikTok is yet. Maybe he ain't figured that out over there in Kentucky. Well, the deal with Cal and Kentucky is they're I think three and or four and sixteen against the last top twenty-five teams they played. Cal feasted on crappy basketball teams for years in this league. Now they actually have competent coaches. And we're seeing what Kentucky basketball is. It's not Kentucky is not the Georgia of the SEC right now. They're not. No. And so you have a chance. Arkansas, amongst Tennessee as well, Alabama, the teams you've just kind of mentioned, to reclaim what Kentucky's had for the last what decade or so. Yeah. And yeah. because there's good coaches in the league now, Muss is taking advantage of that the last two years. Yeah. There's no reason to believe he can't do it again this year. But you could be the four, oh. you could be the fourth best team in this league and still be a threat for the Final Four this year. It feels like, no doubt, no doubt. And and I think just because you win the SEC or tournament, that doesn't mean you're bound for glory. Uh, I think Arkansas is deep enough and well coached enough. You know, they're going to lose couple games in the SEC. It happens. You're going to go to Lexington, Oxford, Tuscaloosa, wherever. You're going to lose a couple games. It's going to happen to everybody. But Arkansas, you know, I think Tennessee's one of the better teams. There's a lot of flaws with Tennessee. They they go through these 15-minute periods where they can't score. And then Rick Barnes, as much as we love him, he still has postseason issues. Regular season Rick, Bruce. 
Yeah, and, and uh, you know, you look at Kentucky and you like you just watch some of these games they played, you're like, just just not real impressed. I would I would put Alabama right now just based on the non conference resume at one and I put Arkansas at one A and I just say Arkansas is a one A just because we put a lot of stock in that Creighton win or that game against Creighton. Creighton's lost six games since they I think they've lost six games in a row. I don't I don't know what's happened to them. They've yeah. had injuries, but that was probably one of Arkansas's better opponents, and that doesn't look as good all of a sudden. And then, you know, Louisville's not typical Louisville. They're like 1-10. and 10. So I, even though Arkansas's looking good lately, especially with Nick coming back, I, I think they got some things to prove. Uh, and Alabama's just played better teams and beaten better teams. I think Louisville may actually be 2-9. and nine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> First, I think they actually won two now. First Western Bank. We are more than just a bank. We are your partner for all your financial services. First Western has real professionals with years of experience in banking, mortgage, insurance, and investments. From financial services to personal and business insurance to investment products, mortgages, and small business banking. First Western with locations throughout Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley and online at firstwestern.com. Exceptional financial services all in one place. First Western Bank. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. Let's get in your hog update. And I know a lot of you want to know what Eric Musselman said about Nick Smith yesterday. I was meeting with the staff. We practiced in 15 minutes and 48 seconds. And once I get down there and around the team, obviously we're starting our prep today on the court. So don't have any updates other than the fact that we're going to go down there and get ready for UNCA. Didn't really give an inside look of... If Nick's going to play tomorrow night or and, not. And I was at a game last night. I don't know what he said on his coach's show either. Maybe I didn't get to – one week didn't get to listen to any of that last night. But, uh, you know, I, I would be – based on what's happened and the fact that they've said he was available, unless they just flatline, all this this rumor and, and speculation about him being done, I just don't – I don't – I'm not buying into that. I mean, and, I, you know, we all hope that's not the case. But there's nothing to, to lead you to believe this is far more uh, – serious at this point than what they told us on Saturday. Yeah. Maybe I'm just being all shooks and they're telling the truth, but I, I mean, based on what we saw, is there any reason that, I mean, you were there, is there any reason to believe that this is a more significant situation than what we're being told? I mean, I, I don't know. Some coaches keep stuff close to the vest. They revealed Trevin Brazil towards ACL, I think a day after, two days after they found out. Like next day, yeah. Um, We'll have to wait and see. Maybe you can you could probably come to a better conclusion tomorrow at eight o'clock if yeah. Nick Smith is not playing actually inside of Bud Wall Arena. I'm not just talking about warming up, I'm talking about playing. So keep an eye on them. Arkansas basketball stayed at number ten in the latest AP poll. Arkansas women's basketball is up to number seventeen. Phil is in what, San Diego right now? For that San Diego invitational? I think yeah, that's he right. Was, yeah, he was up at the Rose Bowl yesterday in Pasadena. And uh, I think the team had been down to San Diego. Yeah, they're playing 
Let's see, they played Creighton earlier, and then they, was it Washington or Washington State, I guess they played? They played so. a winner of Ohio State, and I can't think of the winner of that. I saw the press release, so I need to go back and double-check on that. Uh, you can buy tickets for Arkansas men's basketball tomorrow night in the student section, if your heart so desires, not just for the game tomorrow night, but also on January the 4th as well, because students are out, and they still want to fill that section do you think any fans will do that, Tommy? I bet they can get them decently oh, cheap. Oh, there'll be it's... some that, you know, some kind of in your age group still clean to their college days that will uh, want to relive their glory in the student section. Oh, yes. uh, you could probably get those decently cheap, and that's a decent vantage point compared to what would be, I think, a pretty low-attended Budwald Arena tomorrow night, right? I mean, we're not expecting much in, on a Wednesday 8 o'clock crowd. Okay, what do you expect? The game's at 8 o'clock. I, th- I agree with you that seven's always the best time, but I don't know, 12,000? Is that That's too little? That's a good crowd still. I is think. it? Okay. How I many college basketball games get 12,000 people played at? Yeah, I guess I got to put that in perspective with Arkansas basketball having a gym that holds 19,200. I always have to keep in that mind. Uh, some football news for you this morning. I thought this had already happened, but apparently Jalen St. John has entered the transfer portal. He did get a decommit yesterday. Micah T's four-star out of Booker T. Washington. Mm, but I think he is your highest-recruited player. Uh, he's played at the same high school as Felix Jones. Looks like he's going to Texas A&M. And then they also introduced... Got outbid. Yeah. They also introduced Travis Williams and Morgan Turner yesterday. You can find that press conference on hitthatline.com where you get a chance to hear from both your new assistant coaches, one coordinator one position coach. Well, people are going to be freaking out because the, the recruiting rankings are going to drop into the mid to low 20s, something like that, and the sky will be falling. We'll see where it ends up, but I mean, obviously this this puts a big hole in the idea of finishing in the in the top 20 or the top 15. Reed Bauer, former Arkansas punter, is going to Memphis, and then Miles Slusher, former Arkansas defensive back, is going to Louisville. Some of the latest moves on that. I don't think... I don't know if Keytron's found a home yet. I'm kind of monitoring the just kind of a little bit on where these guys are ended up because kind of like we've talked about, based on where a guy ends up, you kind of have a, a different opinion about that said player. But other than Fouché and Brooks, who's left and went in the portal and had huge impacts at the top level? I mean, these guys may go to Louisville and Memphis and, and be impactful there, but maybe I'm missing somebody, but who's left Arkansas? I think you've done better, at least at the top end power five level and what you've gotten with players like Drew Sanders than you have in what's gone left away from it. you. Yeah, I would agree. And had, and had bigger impacts. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, the first year you bring in, I guess, second year, Mark Elletsey, Trey Williams, and John Ridgeway, who all started for you on the defensive mm-hmm. line. Then you brought in Jaden Hazelwood, starter. Matt Landers eventually became a starter. Uh, Drew Sanders, All-American. Uh, you got I mean, those are just kind of the three top end guys that you think about. So yeah, I would I tend to yeah, agree with you on that. was a good player yeah, for you this year, mm-hmm. so led you in interceptions. So yeah, I'd say you you've won. I the, think you you're 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 in plus territory in the in the portal the last two years. Yep, that's gonna do it for your hog update. It is brought to you by Mister Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call eight eight eight. Sparky. Go to the phones, talk to Charlie, who's in Camden. Charlie, go ahead, man. You're on the morning rush. Oh, Charlie. Charlie, you there, buddy? It's that Camden. 
phone that's signal. That, we're going to have to go down there and build a tower, I guess. He, uh, Just he needs for Charlie. Some, he needs some help on that. Tom Murphy's going to be joining us coming up. We're going to talk to him about Travis Williams, Morgan Turner, and some of the other things that Sam Pittman discussed in his press conference yesterday. All right, so last basketball game before you have this stretch and before you play again in a week from tomorrow when you take on LSU in actual conference play. What do you want to see from them tomorrow night? As they close, I say close out non-conference play. Technically, you still have a non-conference game against Baylor well, coming up. Beyond win and the obvious, I guess finish healthy uh, more than anything. You just, you know, all this speculation and uh, rumor and message board stuff and all the, you know, we're getting a gazillion texts here over, over the three shows about Nick Smith. Just finish healthy. You've already lost Brazil. We know that. I mean, hopefully Nick Smith plays and quells a lot of this speculation that's going on. I wish Coach would have been able to. And, and I'm not sitting here thinking that 15 minutes out of practice, he had no clue about what's going on with Nick Smith. You don't believe that. I don't believe that. But uh, hopefully they can quell some of that and, and, and limit that distraction. Come out healthy, get the W. That's all that really matters. Well, I advocated for if this is something that, and I don't know what the actual injury is that he's dealing with. Again, all we've really heard is right knee management. That's, and I know that we're not medical experts by anything, but if this is something that's lingering, that's right out of the textbook, right? Yeah. Right knee management. Yeah, I, I mean, you don't need him tomorrow night to win, right? So why well, not? You haven't. You've won other games of similar caliber without you him. You didn't need him in the second half of Bradley to win that game. And I don't know I who's said, better, Asheville or Bradley, but both were of similar caliber. Yeah, and I, they've got this kid. Bradley's probably better. They've got this kid from Tennessee that's been pretty lethal from them this year. Must mention him a couple times in the press year. So I can't think of his name, but I mean, I think he can beat this team without Nick. And if yeah. rest helps Nick get healthy, don't let him play tomorrow night. Bring him. You don't need. You will not get to a Final Four without Nick Smith Jr., period. End of story. If he's done or if he's injured or hobbled, you won't get to Houston. You just won't. You're best player. You cannot get to the Final Four without Nick. What's so, really going on, though? To, Don't blame if there's no if there's nothing wrong. That's And, again, that goes back to we don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean uh, yeah. So, if again, if it's Don't something blame him out of fear. Yeah, he might fear. get hurt. But if it's one of those things where it would help him get healthier if he didn't play him, then I think you shouldn't play him tomorrow night. But again, we I, it's hard for me to make an assumption or make a declarative statement when we don't know what the issue actually is. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pascal have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pascal protection plan. Call the pros at Pascal and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. 
Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Now, let's talk to Tom Murphy on the Morning Rush. Tom, I got a new intro for you. Hope you like it. If you hate it, just tell me off air. Don't rip me on air. But welcome in. <laughs> Thanks, as always, for joining us. What do you think of these new coaching hires, man? Starting with uh, Travis Williams, who we got a chance to hear from yesterday along with Coach Turner. Well, uh, hey, I like the intro just fine, man. They they say my name. It's wonderful. How about that? Um, you know, Travis Williams is uh, an upbeat guy. I think he connects really well with players. All I've heard from folks who, you know, in the industry who know of him is just that the players love to play for him. And, you know, that's a that's a big selling point as opposed to a guy who's, you know, just super tough and gruff and feels like his door's closed and things like that. So, awesome there. And then, uh, boy, I could relate when Morgan Turner was talking about his mom. And, by the way, her name was Wendy Morgan uh, growing up in El Dorado. Uh, and that he's seen um, Razorbacks on automotive shops. Yeah, I mean, I've seen him in Hamburg and Texarkana and every corner. So uh, I guess if you haven't really lived in the state and that's how your in- impressions are, you go to Lake Hamilton, you visit family in El Dorado, and you see it all over, uh, that's a good impression for you that, wow, the whole state backs the Razorbacks. So uh, they seem like both personable guys and, Obviously, Morgan Turner is learning on the fly so he can work in the bowl game. And then Travis Williams is observing, watching Mike, Michael Shearer and the rest of the coaches handle uh, bowl prep. And he gets to, you know, you know review the talent, uh, look at how guys can fit the schemes they want to run, and, um, and go from there. Tom? Coach Williams learned under Kevin Steele, who is a highly respected assistant coach in this conference for a while. How important do you think that's going to be for when he starts calling plays in the SEC this next year? Well, I just think it's important that he's gotten input from um, from Gene Chizik, from Kevin Steele, from Will Muschamp, and he's worked with all these guys. So you get the you know different. You know, obviously he's he's learned different ways to attack the. Sport spread offenses, which are, are so prevalent now, uh, RPO offenses just like Arkansas's. Um, so there's different ways to, to come at it, and I'm sure he's learned multiple ways, how to do it with four-man fronts, three-man fronts, uh, lots of pressures, sitting back in zones. Because, you know, Sam Pittman talked about how aggressive they were at Central Florida and zero coverage. So, you know, you, you're sending more guys than they can block, but your guys who are covering have to be on point or you give up big plays. Well, the flip of that is sometimes you think you want the quarterback to think he's getting a ton of co- a ton of blitz, but you're sitting back in his zone, and and he's got to you know read where the open windows are going to be. And Arkansas used that to great effect in 2020 under Barry Odom. So you got to be able to mix it up. And you know I'm sure he's there's going to be a learning curve for him. He was a co-defensive coordinator at Auburn and full-time defensive coordinator at Central Florida and. Uh, He's a young guy, though, so I, I think he's going to be, um, you know, impre- You know, like he can still learn things. He, he's not so old in the business that he doesn't learn learn things. Yeah. So, 
I mean, you've watched this team as close as anyone this year. What To do what he wants to do, four-man front, you know, Coach Pittman talked about, the, you know, the zero front and kind of going nose up on the center and, and, and trying to control that A-gap. What's the biggest player need? What What's the... What's the player you need in the portal? Where do you got to go on the recruiting trail? You've watched it. What do you think the deficiency is personnel-wise? Well, they've just got to have more like Cam Ball and Torian Carter guys. I'm talking about 6'2", 6'3", 310 pounds that can control the A-gaps. That need You need two blockers to try to move them. Because when you do that, then you're freeing other guys up in your, in your framework. And so, uh, yes, the linebackers the last few years have been really good, but you know, now you got Pooh Paul, Jordan Crook, you know, you're younger. And so you got to supplement at linebacker as well. And then obviously there's been so many personnel losses in the secondary. I, I think every level of defense could use uh, more players. And right now, you guys know this, the recruiting trail, the portal is, is Tommy, we've used Wild West to, to describe it in the last two, three years here. It, it's beyond that. When you see what Jeff Trailer said yesterday, um, it, it's a, it's a madhouse, and there's really no no reins on it anymore. No, and it, you know, I was talking in the last hour about just you know, particularly us old guys, you know, forty five, fifty, and up. I mean, we we uh, we're not used to seeing this. I mean, buying players is what we accused our opponents and our rivals of. Now it's just open conversation, not just amongst fans, amongst the people involved, the principles of the matter. So. I mean, the idea that you're basically in a bidding war for everybody, that's that that's not what this is supposed to be about. And at some point, you got to have limits on that, right? The NFL has a salary cap. It's collectively bargained. At some point, if there's not a level playing field, I'm not sure what we're watching here, Tom. Um, it's, it's a little bit distressing, uh, the direction of the game, because the schools that have all the money um, aren't going to be losing out on as many players as Jeff Trailer is at Texas San Antonio. You get the impression that Sam Pittman is an honorable guy who wants to play by the rules, um, and you feel like the way the NIL was implemented at Arkansas was, quote, the right way. Yeah. But it's clear there are other schools who, look, I mean, there's innumerable ways that you can get word to a player that you want their services at another school. And Jeff Trailer called it poaching. You can also call it call it buying and i'm not going to name any particular school out there other than to say how do you rein it in i don't know um arkansas certainly has major donors and i know that they've got an nil pool going but i don't think it can match the biggest yeah. in the conference and alabama and a&m have a ton of money yeah so, it sounds like whining but this is exactly where i feared you know, two and three years ago, when we were having these conversations and people were pounding their fists that these athletes needed to be allowed to profit off their own name, their own image, their own likeness, that this was going to be nothing more than they made a deal with the local car dealer to make a few hundred measly dollars to come sign autographs. And my fear was, and I remember talking about this, and I wasn't the only one that this is going to turn into a bidding war for players. That's exactly what it's become. And, uh, you know, I don't know how you rein it back in. But there's rules in place that I think just need to be followed and enforced, and and I don't know how they even get to that. I don't I don't know either. There's a new president of the NCAA coming in, and I'm sure he's going to have a a load on his plate from the coaches who feel like this this hasn't been um, instituted properly. Uh, we're naive if we think that uh, that's the way that it would be. We felt that's the way it would be implemented because 
when the money gets involved, um, all kind of shenanigans take place. And, um, look, Arkansas had a competitive roster this year. I, they brought in great guys from the portal who really helped their cause. I don't – I think that they're going to get more guys, but they need the portal this year with all the losses. So, uh, next year is going to be a very interesting scenario for the Razorbacks. Tom Murphy, Arkansas Democrat, is at Whole Hog Sports with us. Tom, to those points you and Tommy were just making, why should Arkansas play by the rules when no one else seemingly is? Um, I, you know, they can't you want to have to do it the other way. They don't have fifteen million dollars <laughs> like the other guys to to throw around in the pool. That, that's my answer, Tom. They because they can't afford to do it the other way. I, no, they can. I mean, and you know, I know that KJ has nil deals, and I know Bumper Pool did, and there will be plenty of guys on the roster who have plenty of nil deals. Uh, how they are approached about them, how they get set up, uh, that's. That's where the rub is, you know. So uh, they just have to do the best they can and hope hope to hang on to their their key players and and build um, with with other guys. But the NIL isn't going away anytime soon. We know that. You weren't going to say a specific school. I will. I think Texas A and M is the one that's been most annoying for players or excuse me, coaches out there. Didn't Saban mention something about that? I can't remember. Uh, I, I, Tom, I know you're you're, <laughs> you're too uh, um, you're too good of a guy and too uh, prestigious of a journalist to actually say that. But I'm just a lowly radio host, so I'll go and say it. Here's what uh, I didn't like seeing yesterday: Jalen Catalan's in Austin, Texas, and I think he's uh, taking an official visit or just a visit down there. I mean, with Arkansas, is it? How much more does it hurt when you lose a marquee player relative to other blue blood schools if Jalen ends up going to Texas or somewhere else like that? Wow, it's obviously painful that you, he was a preseason All-American, and he's a guy who, on, when he's on his game, man, I mean, when you think about the 2020 season, the way he read screen passes against Mississippi State, and just just he, he, he read those things. He made so many tackles at or just beyond the line of scrimmage or behind it. It was really incredible. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a big blow. Um, uh, I think he's got some kind of connection to Georgia, a girlfriend of Georgia or something like that. So I wouldn't count them out either. I don't know where he's going to wind up. But uh, you hate to see him go because um such a good kid. And ma- when you heard people like him talk about how much they love Arkansas, it just – it just hurts to see him go when they still have eligibility. Tommy asked a good question earlier, and I didn't initially. I thought playing time. I kind of rethought about it. Is playing time still the number one thing that guys look to now, or is NIL surpassed that? Well, I can't get in the minds of every player, but I would think playing time, how much money they get from NIL, are the two biggies. And then just you know how comfortable they feel on that campus and stuff. Hey, look, Ole Miss, who got a ton of dudes. Well, they lost the quarterback commit yesterday, and. What is that? Is he committed now to A and M? Yeah, so, he's committed to them since April, and then all of a sudden just flipped A and M. Weird how that all works. All of a sudden, weird. Yeah, weird. It hurts. Losing Keytron Jackson hurts because um, I think he would have been per- perhaps your go-to, your your top target next year, and he's gone. Well, it. Uh, I don't know what they do, and it's probably we're going to have to be the ones to adjust. They won't be, but. Uh, you don't like it, and I don't like it at this point. We'll just see what happens. All right, so what becomes of the defensive side of the ball's coaching staff? Uh, I thought Sam Pittman Friday and again yesterday was was vague at best. I, I know he can't you know, lay it out what he plans to do, but crystal ball this. What, 
what happens with the with the coaches that are currently on staff on the defensive side? Well, clearly he wants to leave the door open for Michael Shearer to be here. He's a young up-and-comer, a bright guy, great recruiter, um, but he's a Barry Odom protege. And I maybe it would take being a coordinator at UNLV for Michael Shearer to go. He'd be a young one, age 29. Um, but Travis Williams handles linebackers. I think if Sam had his way, uh, one or the other would, you know, adjust a little bit and he'd keep them both. I, I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, Dominic Bowman, not certain. Um, it, it's been one year that he's been with these DBs. A lot of them have left. You know, what does that mean? Were they frustrated with Barry? Were they frustrated with playing time? Uh, I don't know. Deke Adams, veteran dude, uh, a lot of years in the business. I've heard good things about Deke, Deke during the, cor- the current season. So it'd be cool to see him stick around. You'd like to see some kind of continuity and not uh, yet another change at defensive line coach. Yeah, I mean, it, it's uh... – uh, to me, the most interesting thing, and um, just to see kind of what happens there and, and, and how they formulate that moving forward. So, bowl game a week from tomorrow. Uh, where do you think things stand? And, and I thought a good question was asked yesterday about the, the energy that Kansas has versus what per, is perceived to be a lower level for Arkansas. Can, can Arkansas kind of catch up and be fired up, ramped up, all these things for this game in a week? Yeah, thank you, Tommy. That was me asking it, but... What, what else is going to co- a coach or player is going to say? Oh yeah, we're mm-hmm. going to be ready to go. Well, but you know, it's it's when they roll the ball out there, and you a lot of times in bowl games you get a really good feel for who really wants to tackle. You know, who's going to come up and tackle at the line of scrimmage? Whose safeties are going to be physical? Whose linebackers are going to read and run and hit? Um, I think the Arkansas linebackers, Crook and Poole, are going to really be wanting to show things. So I I trust that level. Um, you know, who's going to who's going to fill in the gaps? Um, at at some of the other spots. Um, I think Kansas has had very few losses, either in the portal or declaring for the draft or anything, very few. In fact, they got their safety, Logan, back. He's a big hitter, and, you know, they're the Arkansas of last year. Very, very excited to be in a bowl game. Fan base is energized. They're going to have a good crowd in Memphis. Um, the Arkansas fans will be representative. Um, how, how eager the players are to play, we're going to find that out on Sunday. I, I think it's I think it's not going to be apathetic. I think they're going to want to be there. Uh, but can they reach that level? Can they get Jalen Daniels on the ground, the quarterback? If they can contain him and they can run the ball, then I think they have a good chance to win the game. Yeah, and this bowl trip's just different. I mean, normally you go, you're there a week. This time, because of the Christmas holiday, they're, what, going on Sunday, going to practice Sunday, Monday, walk through Tuesday, game Wednesday, and then, you know, get back. So, I mean, this is this is a truncated bowl trip compared to to what they enjoyed in Florida last year? Everything about December, y'all, has been a little different. It started, I mean, it started the day after the Missouri game when Jamil Walker was fired and the nutritionist and the staff, and it has not stopped. It's either coaching staff, strength and conditioning staff, players in the transfer portal, holding on to your commitments. Uh, Signing day will be a nice little, you know, signpost coming up tomorrow. Um, and, and then there'll be some significant bowl prep for the Razorbacks. Um, and hopefully their focus is there and they represent in Memphis. But, uh, it, you're right. It has been really weird. The, the bowl durations just aren't like they used to be. Um, the importance of them seems to be diminished some. And what are we going to be looking at with a 12 team playoff? 
Yeah. Who knows, man? You mentioned all the changes, though. What would be more concerning is no changes following a six and six year. So I'm, you know, we'll see if all the changes work out. But making no changes would be even more troublesome to me. I hear what you're saying, and man, were they close, y'all? Four games by three points or less. Uh, two point conversion against Liberty. Uh, the, the KJ g- jump play against A and M, and the miss the field goal. You know, when you lose yardage right before the field goal. You run down your timeouts, can't stop the clock anymore. I think that was a learning lesson for Sam Pittman. Uh, LSU game, when you don't get it in on the one-yard line. <clears throat> I mean, the, yeah. it was a very, very fine line between having another 8-4 and four season and the tone would be a little different. But they didn't win the close games. They weren't great in the red zone at cost. Pass or fail, it's razor thin sometimes. Tom, have Absolutely. a Merry Christmas. We'll, uh, we'll catch up with you on Thursday before we get out of here for the holiday and uh, – and we'll uh, we'll talk some more then about the upcoming bowl game that will be less than a week away when we visit next. Sounds good. Talk to you all then. All right, Tom Murphy, Arkansas Democrat Gazette, Tuesdays and Thursday mornings with us here on the Morning Rush. We are brought to you by our good friend Jordan and his team over at Matchstick Studios and Modular Orange. Uh, if your business is looking for a website to be found online, uh, to attract new leads. I mean, you think about the weather this week. Are you going to be outside? You're going to be running around doing things you know, by weeks in? Probably not. You're going to be inside watching TV and doing what? Looking at your phone. Something's going to pop up. And if it's your, your product or service or someone wants to Google that, what's the first impression that's going to be made? If you're a little embarrassed by that, it's time to call our friend Jordan. And for $95 a month, they can create you a great-looking website. They'll help design it. Write it, launch it, host it, secure it, host it, all, all those things that you don't want to worry about. You just want to write a check for 95 bucks a month and move on down the road. Well, that's what they do for you. 479-755-3043 is their number. That's 755-3043. Or see examples of what I'm talking about at modularorange.com. So months, Morgan Turner and Travis Williams talking. This little sound bite came out of the press conference yesterday. Coach Pittman talking about plane tracking. I flew from Baltimore who y'all thought I was going to, or not y'all, but somebody's tracking a plane. I was going to hire a guy from Maryland, which bless his heart of me, he had to deal with that. I flew from there to Tampa because I knew y'all was tracking a plane. UCF's in Orlando, so I flew to Tampa. He met me over there. We visited. And then in the meantime, he was down recruiting for Stanford in Miami. So we flew from Tampa to pick him up in Miami. And we had done the contract and all this kind of stuff during the day. He picked him up and brought him back. And so, yeah, it was kind of fun, to be honest with you. Just another day in the life of a college football head coach. You also have to worry about people playing track and you now. It's part of it. Well, I mean, it's just, I don't say it's dumb because you may learn something out of that, but you don't know what they're doing. And he just told you right there why plane tracking has very little value. Because and now they, I guess on Twitter at least you can't put that out. But uh, you know you don't know exactly where they're going. And and like uh, like Chuck said, people meet in the middle all the time. It's not like Sam Pivens the only one with a private plane either. Uh, so not not always, particularly in head coaching searches, does does that work out? This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center.
Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.